I'm Peter Bonner McNess, and he is Chris Lane, and welcome to another of these regular property briefings. And a warm welcome to you, Chris. Well, as always, I enjoy our time together. You know, there is something which has intrigued me over the years, and that relates to getting a handle on the overall return you can expect from commercial property. Presumably, it's a question you're probably often asked by clients. Yeah, it is, actually. And people are wanting to know where yields currently sit for the different types of properties and also just how they change over time. And clearly, this is something every investor needs to know. However, sometimes you just need to step back and take a helicopter view of what's going on across the entire commercial property scene. Could you quickly do that for our listeners? Yeah, I can do that. And probably the quick or best way to do it is I came across this graph in the Financial Review which covers market movements for the period from 2006 up until I think about the end of 2016. And I'll include it as a download under this podcast. But when you look at it, you'll see it depicts a combination of the income return and capital growth for all forms of commercial property, where the orange line represents the total return each year when adding those two components together. And this relates to the whole of Australia. Now, obviously, there was a huge dip between 2008 and 2010, And that's a reflection of the global financial crisis where it had its greatest impact on Perth, Brisbane and Adelaide markets, which are still recovering, and to a far lesser extent upon the Sydney and Melbourne markets. Anyway, the real takeaway from this graph is the long-term combined average return from commercial property, that's income and capital growth. And on the graph, I've inserted that as the green line, and that sits at around 12% per annum. And it's important to understand that it's the overall return, this 12% per annum, that remains pretty much the same whether you're looking at retail, office, or the industrial sector. And would you be able to break it down sector by sector? Well, as far as the retail investments are concerned, your current income yield sits at around 3 to 5% per annum. That's the net income yield, depending on the size and obviously its actual location. Now, for offices, you're generally looking at an income return of 6 to 7% per annum net. And for industrial, probably between 7 to 8% per annum net. Now, there'll obviously be exceptions where the property is much older or perhaps the location is exceptionally good or bad, as the case may be. However, in the current market, this should give you a fairly accurate guide. And therefore, to arrive at the long-term combined average of 12% per annum, your expected capital growth for each sector would look something like what's set out in the other table that I'll provide under the 
podcast, and that is the difference between those income yields and 12% figure. So obviously, the return expected capital growth on retail is a lot higher than it is for industrial. And therefore, if income returns firm, that is, they fall, then your capital growth from a property would correspondingly increase. And likewise, should your income return soften, in other words, they increase, you would then expect a lower capital growth each year going forward. It's a simple concept, but one that appears to have stood the test of time. And as I said, over the long term, you find that the overall combined yield, whether it's a good or a bad market, is about 12%. It's just the split between income and capital growth will vary. From memory, I think you have a rather jaundiced view of the retail sector at the moment. Why is that? Yeah, you're right. It is. And if you look at the table, you'll notice that I have the capital growth figures for retail shown in light grey. And that's because I consider the future expectations resulting from the current income yields being accepted by retail investors to be totally unrealistic. And the reason for that is quite simple. You see, the retail sector has basically been in sale mode ever since the global financial crisis. And in particular, I'm referring to those retailers selling fashion, footwear and accessories. And it's not been uncommon to see sales of up to 70% off after Christmas. However, this year, the sales even started before Boxing Day. And just so we're clear, there are some retail tenants who don't fall into this category. And they would include the following things like food retailers, and we're talking restaurants and cafes, the service groups being real estate, accounting, legal, and probably employment agencies, and banking and finance. Because all of these are more or less immune to any sort of discounting that's currently going on. So let's perhaps take a look at how those fashion retailers are managing to survive given the extended discounting war going on. Now, you need to assume that the significant discounts to these retailers, they're still managing to break even. And for the time being, their focus is merely upon turnover rather than profit. Now, what that means is that in some cases, their original markups were considerable. And if before the global financial crisis, they were able to achieve a 330% markup, you can better understand how they are now able to offer a 70% discount. Now, there are two interesting conclusions that emerge from all this. Firstly, that those retailers were in their good days really creaming it. That's before the global financial crisis. And also, if they're now merely breaking even, retail landlords are unlikely to see any increase when their market review is due to take place. In fact, the rentals may actually fall and the retail leases allows for that to happen. Now, on top of this, there has been a recent influx of upmarket fashion houses bidding for CBD locations and thereby forcing out 
struggling local tenants who simply can't afford the inflated rentals. And then you've got overseas department stores, which have also been setting up here in Australia. And they are in direct competition with most of our local fashion stores and are simply out to buy market share through heavy discounting. And so it's interesting that I think in the last 12 months alone there's been around $600 million worth of retail sale. Now, as you'll no doubt appreciate, this is a difficult situation and it's further compounded by any increase in interest rates going forward because as soon as that happens, there'll be an immediate increase in home mortgage payments and that'll further reduce the available consumer spending for these discretionary fashion items. And look, I apologise for that slight diversion, but you asked the question. And hopefully this now gives you a better understanding as to why I'm really not a great fan of specialty retailing. No, don't apologise. I think that was very helpful. So what are you recommending? Well, instead of retail, you should be focusing on well-let office and industrial investment properties. Well, once again, we really appreciate your guidance. Oh, look, it's always a pleasure.